Hello and welcome to the Three Pints Betting Podcast with myself, James from the Betting Desk, Tom Love from We Love Betting Gold and Jerry Taylor from Jerry Taylor's Tips. Hello chaps, how are we? Hi, all good, yeah, man. Good, good profitable week betting or, or, or not so? Hmm, it's been a bit of a tricky one this week. Had a decent December, but um, some odd kind of results, weren't there, from kind of Saturday onwards. Um, so, I hopefully uh, a winning weekend to come. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's the volume of games. I don't know if it's squads being slightly depleted with a bit of COVID that's obviously creeping into to the football now. But, um, I mean, last week, myself, I had over two and a half goals at, at Bournemouth Blackburn and Bournemouth didn't score, um, which is, you know, quite a surprise. And then I had the joy of tipping up Forest Green uh, to win and having been 4-1 up, they drew 5-5. So, sometimes you just have to shrug your shoulders and just move on, I guess. That's it. Yeah, head above water. I'm doing OK on the channel, but I need to provide a few more winners on the, the old podcast for you guys. Keep the side yeah. up. Well, let's see what we can do today. <laughs> Tom, do you want to crack on? What have you got for us? Yeah, um, I'll start in England. So, as always, I've got two kind of from the EFL and a couple from Europe too. Um, I, I'm really keen on kind of opposing Gillingham at the minute. And that's kind of my angle in this weekend. Um, they're actually going off favourites. Uh, that's because they're playing crew. So these have been probably two of the worst sides in the division this season. But I've seen a bit of life in crew of where um, I've noticed that um, Alex Neal has gone in to help Dave Artel there, um, which I think it's got to be a good thing. I mean, Alex Neal obviously did really well up in Scotland with Hamilton yeah. and then um, with Norwich as well and Preston. I'm surprised he's still out of a job, to be honest. But um, I thought he was he, going to get that. Sorry, interrupt Tom. I thought he was going to get the Hibs job, but it seems as if they're targeting Sean Maloney. But he was he was a bookie's favourite when the odds uh, first opened. Alex Neil for the Hibs job. Yeah, that I mean that would have made plenty of sense. I think they're after someone kind of quite young and innovative. Um, yeah, from what I'm reading. So yeah, so he he's helping out there, and they, they have kind of picked up as I mentioned. They've won four of the last eight games in all competitions. Now two of them have have come in the uh, the Johnston's Paint Trophy or whatever it's called these days. Um, but it just does show that they do have a bit of confidence about them after a really poor start to the season. Um, but this is is mainly centered around getting against Gillingham because. They've had two really long trips up to Rotherham um, and then Fleetwood, which is far from ideal for them. Uh, lost both games. And, yeah, they, they've only scored two in the last six games, which is showing just how kind of poor they are going forward. I mean, I've talked about them before with Vidane Oliver being out. I'm not sure he'll be back yet and uh, pretty much all the key kind of creative players are also out and the the, the team is, is kind of a wreck at the minute I, I think they'd be losing plenty of games in League 2 and Crew were a very very good League 2 side under Artel so I, I think with them having Mikel Mandron kind of back in form a couple of penalties for him of where and he, he's kind of stepping up Porter as well um 
Um, and Ben Knight coming into the side is showing flashes of brilliance too. So I'm expecting them to go to Gillingham and really try to take the game to them. I, I think it's one where they can definitely at least get a draw. Um, given Gillingham have so many defenders out as well, I'd expect Crew to score. And with Gillingham's def- um, attacking process being really poor at the minute, hardly ever scoring two or more goals this season. Um, I think we can get Crew on side here. And I'm surprised uh, with Marathon bet, we can get Crew plus 0.25 on the Asian handicap at 1.85, as I mentioned. Um, I think that that's a, a really nice prize because you're getting paired out if they avoid defeat here. Um, half stakes win if it ends in a draw. Full stakes win if it does uh, if they do get the win. And that's probably about a tick shorter with Bet365. So it's one of them where I don't think it will last. And yeah, I think that they can get something there. I'm expecting them to improve where, as with Gillingham, I'm not sure how they're going to get out of this rut. I think they're kind of resigned to rele- relegation uh, more than probably any other side in that league. Uh, so, yeah, crew plus a quarter oh, on the urgent handicap. Tom, so interrupt. I haven't no. looked at Gillian for a few weeks. It's not something that I've been looking at. But I know a few weeks ago they were struggling to even name a bench. They had so many injuries yeah. and suspensions. I don't know if that is still the case. Um, even if it... It isn't. They're, those players that have come back are still not going to be match fit or sharp, etc. So, um, you're right. I think Gillingham are struggling big time, aren't they? Yeah, well, I think it was... It might have been the Rotherham game. They, they fielded four substitutes in that game. Um, I actually backed Rotherham minus one and a half in that. And they went one nil down after about three minutes. So, I, bloody hell, that's kind of summing everything up but yeah they ended up coming back and winning 5-1 and absolutely battered them um they had a red card in that i'm not sure if that red card was two yellows or a straight red though uh for jackson the right back he might be back um but yeah this kind of fielding youngsters at center half aimer got injured as well he was i think he was their captain so, yeah, they're just really kind of running out of plays. I do feel a bit for Steve Evans because he wasn't really backed in the summer. Uh, the fans are, are not the best friends with uh, the chairman, Paul Scally. So, yeah, it's it's pretty toxic atmosphere at Gillingham, uh, uh, just a, a few a few miles down the road from Ipswich, another place where uh, the atmosphere is not great. So, yeah, crew, um, getting them on side. Uh, my other bet's in League Two. And it's a game where I think it's going to be a really low margin affair, this uh, Northampton versus Barrow. I'm going to take under 2.25 Asian goals, which is a 1.91 shot with Bet365. Generally looking at around 1.8 elsewhere, um, which I think it, it should go off something like that. Because if you look at the data in League 2, I mean, th- these two sides are, are kind of really low margin, low XG teams. Um, I mean, Northampton games are seen just 1.91 XG per game, lowest in the entire division, heavily reliant on set pieces, uh, a couple of goals from the centre-halves the other day, um, but they, they usually only need just a goal to get a result. Uh, they don't concede two or more goals this season. It's just something that isn't happening. Um, and then you look at Barrow on the other side, 
Burgames averaging just 2.03 goals per game. So um, I think these these two sides are in the top four when it comes to low XG. And I think it could be a pretty direct and a pretty dour affair at six fields. Um, obviously, Barrow played Wednesday night against Ipswich in, in the cup replay. They won that game, great result. And um, they got a good win last time out against Swindon. But there were two penalties in that game as well. So it's a game which I think could be uh, decided on a set-piece situation. Um, that would not surprise me. Um, but yeah, the, back in under 2.25 goals basically means that half your stake's going on under two Asian goal line and the other half's going on under 2.5 goals. Um, so again, it, it's just kind of limiting your losses if there is... Um, two goals exactly you're getting a half stakes win um so I, I can't really see there being three or more goals in this game um i'll just chuck another shout out there i like the one nil correct score for northampton at six to one with bet victor um i just think john brady knows what he's doing i've watched them at valley parade and they were a very streetwise team and these kind of teams get out the division so i'd be looking at northampton even even if they don't really pass the data test, particularly uh, in a forward sense. I mean, they're only creating 1.13 XG per game, but their defensive process is excellent. Uh, I think it's the best in the league, and you can see why. They just kill games off when they have to, and them kind of teams get promoted from League 2. Uh, you don't have to be pretty. So, yeah, I think un- unders in Northampton versus Barrow, um, like the 1-0 Northampton correct score, also, have a look at um, half-time draw, full-time Northampton. Um, if you can get kind of bigger than three to one on that, I think that could be a play. Um, with Barrow possibly tiring in the second half after their travails, um, obviously in the cup on Wednesday. Quick turnaround here, so yeah, get. I wouldn't mind getting Northampton on side. I know you're keen on them, James, um, but I, I'm kind of focusing more on the unders here. So under two point two five. Uh, um, around 10 to 11 with bet 365 is my other bet. Yeah, and I agree. And it's probably just worth worth me taking one of my bets now. I mean, I'm I'm keen on Northampton to win the match. Um, mm. You know, home, uh, 1-7, drawn two, lost just two, drawn one, lost two. Top of the form table, won the last five at home, conceding just once. Uh, best uh, side at home for points per game. Uh, I have them in my ranking, sort of sixth at home uh, and then ninth for uh, expected points in, in the home table. I, I quite like the team. It's settled. I think there's good uh, promotion aspirations within the team. Interestingly, some of the comments you made there, there, Tom, uh, you know, their second and third top scorer and Guthrie and Horsfell are, are two of their defenders. Uh, yeah. And it's not a surprise to see that you know, they're sixth for shots from set pieces in the division. Um, you know, they're, they're two wide players in Hoskins and Pinnock uh, are, are, are getting most of the assists or the goals. Um, so I think you'll see a lot of the ball in the box from Northampton. I think they'll be strong in both boxes. Um, I unfortunately watched the Ipswich-Barrow game t- t- this evening, on Wednesday evening, and, and it wasn't a surprise the Ipswich pumped the ball into the box as much as they could from, you know, goal kicks, try and get their the Barrow three centre-halves to turn. I don't think they're particularly quick uh, and I'm not sure how, how well they'll they'll be able to defend 
uh, onslaught of sort of high balls into the box. Um, Barrow, they've won just one in ten, uh, and that was a two-nil win over Swindon, but both came from penalties. Um, they've scored just nine goals in the last thirteen games. On the road, just one, just twice, lost five. Um, it's actually quite a long way from Barrow. I mean, I, I, I understand Ipswich to um, Barrow is the longest game anywhere in the country um, between two two sides. Um, Northampton aren't a million miles away from Ipswich. So that's quite a long trek um, after a sort of you know, reasonably tough game against Ipswich where they'll be on a high. They're probably, you know, they've had to work hard against a you know a championship oh, sorry the championship side has been some time since it's a championship side as a league one side that did knock the ball around side to side second half but didn't create too much. I do wonder it might be a little bit after the Lord Mayor's show for Barrow. Um attacking wise on the road, um Barrow aren't particularly clever as you you think you said Tom, just 0.81 XG um, which is the 19th. Um, just four sides concede more shots on target. Only three sides have fewer shots on target than Barrow on the road. Uh, Grace and Ellison Jones, their back three, I don't think are particularly pacey. Uh, and if the ball's getting banged over the top, I, th- I think they might struggle. I do like Ali Banks, Ollie Banks in the middle of the field for them. I, I think he's quite a good player, but again, lacks pace. Um, I, I, I agree with you, Tom. I think Northampton might win this 1-0 one, one or, or possibly two. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. But I do think Northampton um, will have too much um, for a Barrow side. And you can back Northampton to win at 2.06 with most bookies at the moment. Sorry, Joe, I know you want me to go next, but I thought I'd just nip in there, given that Tom was, was touching on a, on, on a game that I was interested in. Uh, do you want to go through your bets from Scotland? Yeah, no worries. That was a nice little segue you done there. I like that, like your style. Uh, my first pick in Scotland, lads, is in League Two. It's a team that's kind of went under the radar here in League Two, um, Forfar Athletic. They're actually playing on Friday evening away to Edinburgh City. Edinburgh City actually don't have a, don't play at their own home ground. They play at Spartans, a non-league team's home ground, so that hence the games are on a Friday evening, their home matches. Um, their form is a bit patchy, Edinburgh City, but I'll touch on that in a minute. But Forfar's form in the last 10 has been pretty damn impressive. They're sitting second in the league, as I say. They've won seven, drawn two, lost one. Um, I'm going to support them here at 7-5, to 2.40 with um, Boyle Sports. They're as short as 11-10 with Skybet. When I've been sort of looking at for early value in the Scottish League since the start of the season, I've always found Skybet actually have had the prices nearer to where I think they should be and you're getting some of the juice elsewhere with other bookmakers. So Skybet have probably got their finger on their pulse better on the, the lower division, certainly in Scotland, than the others. Um, Forfar, they've got a few good goal scorers. Matt Aitken, Stefan McCluskey's been banging in a few goals from. They had a nice win last week against one of their rivals, Sterling Albion, 2-0. Um, they've got other guys with good experience. Stephen Anderson, who played hundreds of games and got a Scottish Cup winner's medal, I think, with St Johnston. He's at centre-half, although he's kicking on a wee bit. But at that level, League 2, he'll be a standout defender there. Jamie Ness, a young guy, he was at Rangers. He's he's in the Forfar side as well. Um, although he came off injured last week so I don't know if he will make Friday night and Craig Slater who was ex-Colmarnock he got man in a match last week for Forfa just think they're a bit of value Edinburgh City the last six home matches guys read one win drawn two lost three they're not really doing much at home this season 
the bench last week, as you touched on earlier, with one of the one of the teams only three outfield subs, and that's happening on a regular basis for Edinburgh City. So the squad is kind of threadbare. Just think Forfar are being um, a bit underrated with most of the bookmakers, and I think they can do the business on Friday evening going to Edinburgh City. Um, my next pick, guys, is a corners bet. I like a wee corners bet. Sometimes the lower leagues, again in Scotland, back into League Two. It's Cowdenbeath against Albion Rovers. Um, two kind of bottom four sides here. I expect this to be a nervy sort of doer um, battle. Cowdenbeath haven't won a game for a while. Um, Albion Rovers only going great guns either. Cowdenbeath games average 7.81 corners. Every single home game they've had this season, the corner total has fell between seven and nine corners, seven, eight or nine corners is landed. So I'm good for under 10 corners here. It's uh, 5 to 6, 1.83 with bet 365. I think that's got a good chance of landing. The corners have been pretty damn low in League 2 in Scotland um, recently. I think the weather's been affecting that wee bit, keeping the corners down. Um, both teams are managed by ex-defenders, Morris Ross, Cowdenbeath, Brian Reid, Albion Rovers. So I think both of them will here just be looking, looking to scrape a 1-0 if they can get away with it. Cowdenbeath's last eight games, seven of them have went under two and a half goals. So they're no gung-ho and you know, getting goals. They're not really conceding goals. So I don't expect, as a result of that, I don't expect loads of corners from these two outfits. So um, that's my second selection in the Scottish leagues. Under 10 corners in League 2 and the match between Cowdenbeath and Albion Rovers. I've got a third Scottish selection, a wee bonus this week for the listeners. Um, we can't keep Kelty out of the podcast. Uh, Kelty Hearts. I'm going to throw them in to be one and a half time and full time away to Stranraer. Um, it's nine to five the price um, with Boyle Sports or Bet Victor. They're six away games. They've only actually played six away games for various reasons. They're playing catch up a wee bit. They're still in the Scottish Cup. Um, four out of six of their, their away games. This bet has landed. The half time Kelty were in at half time. Kelty winning at full time. They're against Stranraer. They're away to Stranraer at Steer Park. So Stranraer have been on a good recent run. They've had three wins in a row, three wins in a bounce. But when you actually um, Cut to the chase. When you break down and analyse who they've been beating, all their wins this season, they've won six games all season, Stranra, and every win has been against a bottom four side. So they're kind of flat track bullies. They get knocked out of the Scottish Cup with a non-league team, Darvo, who are still in the competition. Just feel as if Kelty will be way too strong. They hit six. I know we were kind of hinting at the Maroon 5 a few weeks ago, but they actually got six last week, Kelty, against Albion Rovers at home. So I think they can bang in a few goals here away to Stranraer. Two of their strikers got a brace each last week, Botty Biabi and Nathan Austin, who's pretty prolific. So I expect them to do the business here with a minimum of fuss. And I reckon they're quite fast starters in most games. One of the games they weren't winning at half-time and full-time was away to Forfa. Um, the aforementioned Forfa who are going well in second place in the league. So all the form stands up for this bet and I think it's got a decent chance of landing, guys. Thanks, mate. Um... I might just nip into into League One um, with a bet that I know that, that Tom's gone eye on for later on. But Morecambe Fleetwood stood out uh, to me for some goals, over two and a half goals, 1.86. A huge game at the bottom of League One um, with these two teams. Uh, Morecambe in the relegation zone, Fleetwood just above them I, I, from memory. Morecambe at home, uh, 3.10 goals in their home matches. Uh, they've seen 11 goals in their last three matches home and away. Uh, just the three clean sheets, uh, Shiver Wednesday, Lincoln and Shrewsbury. But all of those games were back in early September, late August. So 
They have struggled for any kind of clean sheets. There's now no clean sheet in 11. They've conceded one and a half goals or more in nine of their last 11 games and one and a half goals or more in 13 of their 21 matches this season. At home, they do have a knack of scoring. They've scored in seven of 10. Um, Rotherham, Cambridge and MK Dons uh, all managed to, 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 to keep them out. Um, although the MK Dons finished 4-0, uh, as did the Rotherham match. So, so, so they are, there's goals at both ends. Uh, they had the worst defence in the league. Uh, second worst defence in the league is Fleetwood, who, who are the visitors. Um, only three sides when visiting Morecambe have generated less than one expected goals. Um, I'm not going to go into Morecambe's underlying stats, but let's just say it's awful at, you know, from a defensive point of view, um, and then we you know, and then we look at Fleetwood. Um, they've won just five all season, just two clean sheets, both at home to Bolton and Crew. We know that Crew are struggling, scoring nine of their ten away from home. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday were the only side that 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 didn't uh, st- st- stop them scoring. Uh, they conceded one and a half goals in eight of ten away matches, which I think is quite incredible. Um, 80% of their away games have seen both teams to score. 90% of their games have seen over two and a half goals. Um, I, I'm not sure. You know, they've, they've sat Grayson. Um, Craney's now in charge. And I think that's sort of helped a little bit. That you know, Maybe the results have picked up a little bit. But they've got a transfer embargo. The, the owners come out this week and says that, you know, we've got a very young squad. And unfortunately, some of those will, will need to be sold. So maybe that's not going to help confidence uh, with, with the fans and, you know, with the players, you know, or, or maybe it will. Maybe it will generate a bit more enthusiasm, a bit more focus by the players thinking they could get a, a, a decent move um, away from Fleetwood to, to you know, a, another League One club or even a championship club. So, that, you know, they, they do look a young, exciting squad, although they are struggling. Uh, everything I look at this just looks goals. Neither side can keep clean sheets. Uh, there's been lots of goals in both both teams' recent games, and at 1.86, I quite fancy over two and a half goals. Um, I might as well do my my last uh, EFL bet, uh, if no one minds. Um, Schiffer Wednesday over one and a half goals at 1.8 with Sky. Uh, I think it's 1.8 also with, with Bet Victor. Sheffield Wednesday have scored in every home game this season, uh, averaging 1.5 goals per game with a 1.4 xG. It's the sixth best in the division. Uh, underlying attacking stacks are quite positive. Third for shots on target, six for shots, fourth for shots in the box. Um, interesting. They were a bit slow to start, maybe Sheffield Wednesday, which may be not a surprise relegation, you know, in the summer. But the last three games at home have been Wickham, MK Dons, and Jules, and I'd say two of those sides are certainly up there and will be challenging for the top six come the end of the season. Schiffer Wednesday generated 2.18 XG, 2.44 XG and 2.36 XG. Um, that's a side that is generating lots of opportunities and looking to score goals. If you look at their team, I think there's, there's quality. Bannon in midfield is probably the best midfielder in the division. Um, you know, and then Gregory Patterson, uh, Windass, uh, Mendes Lang, um, Sadio Brani is also there, and a lot of those players can't get actually in the in the team at the moment. They're doing well and looking like they're going to score goals. And then you look at Appleton. Um, they concede 1.91 goals on the road. Uh, only Fleetwood um, have conceded more goals um, than them. 
Against the top 13 sides, when visiting the top 13 sides, they've conceded two in every game, Accrington. Um, you know, Sunderland, Wickham, Oxford, MK Dons, Charlton, Birmingham, Burton, sorry, all scored twice. And they've only got three clean sheets all season. season. Crew, Jules and Lincoln. Uh, and Tom touched on, on Jules and Crew early on in the podcast to show how poor they are. Um, it's their home form that I think um, Coleman tries to, to to get, you know, keep them up and, and out of trouble. And I think that's, again, this season. They've already won six at home. But even against the top eight at home, they've also conceded two uh, in every home game against the top eight. Um, so I, I, I can't see anything but a, a home win and goals here. If you look at the underlying stats and metrics for Accrington, um, 21st for shots, 20 for shots on target, 16th for shots on target in the box. Um, you know, I, I I can't see any way that the Accrington don't concede a number of goals here. And I'm happy to back Sheffield Wednesday to score two or more goals at 1.8. Tom, do you want to take us to Europe? See, si. um, although I aren't going to Spain this weekend, we're going to go to Germany and Italy. For our bet, so there's actually been a midweek round of Bundesliga, um, some really entertaining games actually, and one of those games, well, both these sides were actually involved in really good games. Uh, Hoffenheim drew two all at Leverkusen, uh, coming from two two goals down in that to get a draw. Great effort from them. Uh, they're actually at home against Borussia Mönchengladbach, who. I mean, I watched that game earlier. Um, Frankfurt were the visitors to Gladbach and the second half showing from Gladbach was one of the worst I've seen for a side who's kind of meant to be kind of a, a European um, kind of top seven side. And they were absolutely awful in that second half. And I just think that the confidence is absolutely shot in Gladbach. Um I mean, followers of the of the Bundesliga will see that they were six nil down at half time at home against Freiburg, one of the most bizarre kind of games to follow. Um, they, that really dented their confidence. But I mean, they've actually lost the last two away games, um, conceding four in each of those as well. So defensively, they're just all over the place and. Um, the manager, Adi Huta, who used to actually be the Frankfurt manager, has never had a reputation for being a good defensive coach. And that's really showing. Um, I'm just not sure that they have enough attacking quality or confidence going forward at the minute to be able to defend like they are. Um, they play the wing-backs so high and the, the centre-halves don't look like they know what they're doing when... I mean, Ben Sabiani uh, is meant to be really a wing-back. He's playing as a left-sided centre-half. Um, Zakaria sometimes filling in as a centre-half as well. And it's just too gung-ho from them. And, yeah, even if they try and tighten things up here, I just think the confidence isn't there. And the bet that I'm going to go for is Hoffenheim to score two or more goals, which is at 1.85 with William Hill. I think it's an absolutely knocking bet, this. Um, Hoffenheim have gone really well this season, under the radar yet again. Um, not a typically big club in Germany, but they've always done well. Uh, had a little bit of a dip in the last couple of years. Um, obviously, Nagelsmann used to be the manager. Uh, now they've got 
um, Honus in charge, and he, he's done a great job. At home, they've been really, really good. Their attacking process, one of the best in the league, creating 1.75 XG per game. They've scored two or more goals in six of seven at home, um, as well as their last six games in total. They've been doing it away now. And um, obviously, we were back in BTTS and overs in the Hoffenheim-Frankfurt game last week. Um, Hoffenheim won that 3-2. Um, they they've just been really strong going forward. They've got all the kind of key attackers available. Um, Bebu, Daber, Luther, uh, Kramaric back in the fold now, Baumgartner. So, stacked in the forward areas. They're really confident against the Gwab backside that are just an absolute mess at the minute. Kind of a 5-1-5-2 correct score really would not surprise me here. I, th- I think that um, Hoffenheim could, could take Glad back to the cleanest. They're more than happy to back him to score two or more goals. I think that'll go off more of a 1.73 shot. So 1.85 on that with Hills looks a, a really good thing. Um, and yeah, my other bets are backing another goals-based selection in Syria. Um, these two sides been firmly members of the goals club, uh, Fiorentina and Sassuolo, and the bet is BTTS and over two and a half, generally four to five in pretty much every place that I've looked. Um, I think, again, this will go off more like 1.7 than 1.8. If you just look at the the stats for Sassuolo games, it's been insane for this bet. It's, It's actually ended in 14 of the 17 league games including all of their away games. Um, so the chances of this happening again against the Fiorentina side, who was much more attacking this season under uh, the mag- magnificently named Vincenzo Italiano, the former Spezia man, um, uh, a firm pod favourite. He's been doing uh, really good work with them. Obviously, Dusan Vlajevic in ridiculous form all season. Kind of scoring a brace every game. Um, he's actually refusing to sign a new contract. So I'll have a look for maybe a Man City or someone like that to come in for him in January. Um, they want around £80 million. I can see why he's been that good. Uh, he's only 21 as well, which is bizarre. Um, I mean, he, he's been contributing to Fiorentina's Really good home record. Um, over two and a half goals has landed in every single game at the Atomo Franchi. And they've actually scored three or more goals in the last five games of, of Fiorentina. So, yeah, Laviola going terrifically well at the top end of the pitch. But you can't back Sassuolo not to score. They're another side that are just, they don't really care about the result, it seems. They just like to play fun football. Um, they like to get the, the young kind of attacking players to really stat pad, I guess, and um, really increase their value. It's not a massive club. It's not a massive area. Um, they don't get great crowds at home, but they're a really well-run business, I, I suppose. And uh, Berardi on eight goals, six assists. And then you've got Scamacco, I mentioned before. He's, he's chipped in with five goals. Uh, Giacomo Raspadori, who is on four goals, three assists. Um, a lot of clubs after him. I think Inter looking at him. Um, he's only 21 as well. So 
and Traore as well, someone who's going to come through and you'll hear more about him, Jeremy Boga, who can't even get it in the team really. So yeah, terrific side to watch. They'll play the part here. So BTTS and over two and a half, it's landed in pretty much every Sassuolo game. It's landing for fun in Fiorentina games. It actually landed tonight in the Coppa Italia. They was playing uh, against Benevento. That that landed again. So yeah, four to five just looks a no-brainer to me. So yeah, BTTS and over two and a half goals in Fiorentina Sassuolo on Sunday, and um, going to take Hoffenheim to score two or more at 1.85 with Hills against a really out of form Gladbach side. Yeah, thanks, Tom. I mean, the one I would say is that I think most people um, that maybe aren't familiar with Serie A, Serie A just assume it's like, you know, uh, you know, early 2000 when, you know, every game almost was nil-nil. It was KG, yeah. there wasn't goals. Um, but that, that's just not the case anymore. If you look at Serie A, they have had 62% of games go over two and a half goals with an average goals per match at 3.08. Yeah. 59% have seen both teams to score. You compare that to the Premier League, 53% have gone over two and a half goals and an average goal of two average goals of 2.77 per match. You know, that straight away, you know, you can just see the amount of goals you're getting in Serie A. So 3.08 in Serie A, 2.77 in the Premier League, 2.42 in La Liga, 2.83 uh, in the French top division, and in the Bundesliga, 3.15. So, it you know, and that's mainly because there's a quite a few poor sides, I think, in the defensively in, in, in the Bundesliga, which, which you know, mm. but 59% of over two and a half goals. So, it really, yeah, Serie A is up there for, for goals um, per match than any other top, you know, division top leagues within Europe, and I think that's missed by a lot of people. Um, yeah. And if you are like Tom and, and you like delving into your European data, there is absolutely some value to be had. I think in in some of those Serie A matches, um, just by the amount of goals we're seeing. Yeah, and I think that I was having a, a chat with someone about this the other day. Um, I just think the Premier League is, for someone who's kind of watched it forever. Um, it's just kind of losing a bit of interest given the, how good some of these other leagues are. I mean, you just mentioned two then, the Bundesliga and Serie A, but I've loved uh, Ligue 1 recently. Their kind of goal per game average is much higher this season than it has been um, in recent times too. And there's just so many more teams that are willing to really go for it in games. I look at the Premier League and kind of outside the... The big, the big teams like your Man Cities and Liverpool's and probably United. I mean, I there's not many. To, I, I thought you were going to mention Burnley there, Tom, for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but even Burnley have provided more entertainment than some other sides. But um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you're just looking at it. And I thought Newcastle probably provide a bit of entertainment, but I think the stakes are so much higher in the Premier yeah. League. The fans are right on. Yeah, if you kind of slip up and I think in these leagues it's mo- it's less about kind of the pressure it's more about just having fun and um, making it a spectacle and like the likes of League On and, and Serie A the, the kind of TV money that they're going to be getting is a huge deal to teams in them leagues and um, if they can put on a more entertaining product I suppose it's only going to in- increase the chances so 
Yeah, I'm. I watch a lot more football in, on the continent than I do in the Premier League now, just because. Yeah, you're getting more bang for your buck. Yeah, good point. Yeah, completely good. I think I think you're right. I think there's so much pressure in the Premier League now to play a certain way. Mm. Um, you know, look, look at Newcastle. I don't want to pick on Newcastle, but the fans didn't like Bruce because they didn't think they played a certain certain way. Um, maybe now you can see why he played that way. And I think, you know, I think in in some of the European leagues, they're just a they're just set up better to 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 play good open attacking football. At times in the Premier League, there's so much riding on it. Players don't make a mistake. Managers don't make a mistake tactically, and therefore, it just you know, the game just just dries out of any opportunity or any excitement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, th- I think also that these sides are probably think, especially in the Bundesliga, they're thinking if we're if we're playing football in this really open, expansive way, our young players are going to get goals. They're going to get more assists. Their value is going to skyrocket. And the teams in the Premier League who play nothing like that are going to end up spending kind of 80 million on it, like they've done with Sancho, etc., with United. And they'll just be laughing at the Premier League, really, because um, no one plays like that elsewhere. So you're going to get someone who's got, say, 20 goals and 15 assists. You're not going to do it in the Premier League because sides are so much more cautious and defensively, generally, a lot better. Um, so they're, they're probably thinking about the finances as well and just kind of getting their funds through from the Prem. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I'm sure we could sit and discuss the European leagues and the goals and how the Premier League, uh, you know, compares all, 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 all day because it is quite an interesting uh, debate, I think. And I think you're right. I think the Premier League is billed as the most exciting league in the world and, and, and maybe that's not always the case. No. Jerry, what, what else have you got for us, mate? I've got a EFL pick, lads. I've got um, League One. Um, Sunderland are away to Ipswich Town. Um, Ipswich, obviously, will be on a wee bit of a continued downer from getting knocked out uh, from Barrow uh, tonight. Um, obviously, that game's in the League District, so they might get home by Friday, as you were alluding to earlier. Um, the suspicion is with Ipswich, things might still be getting worse before they're going to get better. They're still looking for a manager. Um, nothing's really been repaired since um, Paul Cook went. Sunderland, the price at the moment is 9-5. to five. We Unibet, it stands out a bit. By the time this podcast goes out, it possibly might shorten up a wee bit because obviously Ipswich have just had a poor result this evening. Um, Sunderland have been doing OK. They've, their last six games, they've won four of them. They've drawn two. They've got Nathan Broadhead uh, banging in the goals alongside Rod, Ross Stewart. I nearly said Rod Stewart there. <laughs> um, Ross Stewart. So they've got good good support with a double-pronged attack there. Um, just think the price is a standout, guys, based on Ipswich 1-1-8. One, one and eight. Um, They've only beat Crewe in the last eight games. Sunland already beat um, Ipswich about a month ago. That's a quick turnaround, guys, on fixtures, isn't it? Do you normally... Is that a kind of one-off for two teams to be playing the reverse fixture within four or five weeks? I think that quite regularly happens. I know Ipswich play Wigan, uh, sorry, Wickham in a few weeks' time and they played them at the start of November. So I think they're just almost starting um, the reverse fixtures again quite quickly. Yeah. But uh, as I say, Ipswich have only had one win in eight. Um, they did a decent draw, granted, I think last weekend that Wigan won each draw. That's a creditable result when you look at, obviously, 
the, the, the poor, poor run they've been on, but just think the price stands out. And with Sunderland banging in goals quite regular with the guys up front, just feel as if that's, there's a wee bit of juice in that price. We unibet the 9-5. to five. As I say, I expect that to shorten up before Saturday. Um, and Ipswich, obviously, have had a bit of a um, tough game tonight, whereas Sunderland, they'll have had a wee bit of extra preparation for that match. So mm. that's my pick this weekend in League One in England, guys. Yeah, yeah well, I'll just say, I think... Um... How kind of bad Ipswich have been going forward? They could actually do with Rod Stewart going up front. <laughs> he did kick a ball with Brentford <laughs> back in the day, you know, Tom. Did he? He was on the books of Brentford. I was. I don't know if he played for the first team, but he was signed with Brentford as a a young young man, Rod Stewart. What a man! Bit of trivia for the listeners. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I, I can't. Uh, argue uh, Ipswich at the moment are rudderless. Uh, Sat Paul Cook don't seem to have a plan of who to get. I think the managers that, that maybe the owners would like to see in don't want to come. The fans have made it quite clear that the favourites by the bookies they don't want. Um, the caretaker manager knows he's not going to be there long term. That's not great for getting some you know some results out. You know, out. Uh, I thought Charlton away was the worst performance I've ever seen in, in 35 years of watching them. Uh, that was eclipsed this evening when they lost to Barrow. Um, there was something deeply rooted that's wrong with that squad of players, uh, and I don't know what it is. And I don't think the club have hit uh, the bottom yet. Uh, <clears throat> they're nine points off the relegation uh, spaces, uh, with most of the sides below them having games in hand and Sunderland and Wickham to come in the next few weeks. Um, it could get a lot worse for them. Definitely. Uh, are we on to long shots? Ah, uh, yeah. So just kind of following on from what, what James was mentioning. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going to the well. It's landed for us twice this season already in a long shot. It's 6-1 to one again. Um, Morecambe against Fleetwood uh, over four and a half goals. Just why why wouldn't you back this? I mean, it, it's kind of one of them where it, it's two teams that just love playing attacking football and they're both pretty terrible at the back as well. Um, Fleetwood actually managed to concede against uh, that Gillingham side the other day. Um, but they have been scoring goals, to be fair to them. Uh, Biggins is, is kind of... Um, been someone who, who hasn't really come to the fore this season, but he's been really good of work, kind of bursting into the box. You've got a young lad um, from Northern Ireland, Paddy Lane, who's um, he actually weighed on both goals in that Gillingham game. Um, some real quality balls into the box. Uh, Jed Garner as well, Morton. They've got players who can score goals. We've seen that all season. To say Fleetwood have down there, they've been scoring for fun. Um, over four and a half goals has actually landed in six of their games this season. Um, and if you look at Morecambe as well, it's landed in five Morecambe games. Um, so I've, I've kept, there's kind of a bit of a, a, a trident, uh, a Lancashire trident, if you will, Morecambe, Fleetwood and Accrington. Whenever they're kind of playing against each other, they just seem to have a bit of a shootout. Um, and two of, the t- two of them sides are, are back up against each other again here. Um, again, it's one of them that um, has already been played. I think it landed in that game. I might be wrong. Um, but it was one of the goals of the season from Cole Stockton. Um, great finish and for, from about the halfway line. Actually, I think that might have made it 3-2. So it did cop in that game. 
And um, yeah, it was in front of the Markham away end there, which were, was a terrific sight. Um, and Stockton should be fit and firing. Um, it's just one of them where both sides might as well go for it because these kind of games, winning these games could be crucial for both sides who will probably likely be down there at the end of the season. So I can't see it being a really tense and tight affair because it's not that kind of stage of the season yet. Um, and yeah, both sides' attacks are much better and much more potent than the defences. So over four and a half goals going to the well again, six to one in Morecambe Fleetwood. Um, you can get that in a few places, Betfair, Paddy Power, Bet Victor, all going around six to one. So yeah, um, hopefully it's uh, third time lucky again in one of these Morecambe and Fleetwood and Accrington games. Jerry, what you got? Hey, my long shot this week, chaps, this weekend is I'm going to Rugby Park in Kilmarnock. It's Kilmarnock against Dunfermline. Um, Kilmarnock, when the opening gambit for the bookies came out the other day, Kelly were quite a stupid odds on price considering how poor Fettel they're in. They're really in poor form. They've um, Recently, they've, they've played the four teams round about them in the top half of the championship. Um, Inverness, Wraith Rovers are both in Partick Thistle. In the last five weeks, they've lost 1-0 to all four of them. So, basically, Kilmarnock are starting to drop like a stone. The fans are really getting after the manager, Tommy Wright. So, he's he's coming under real pressure. It could go a wee bit toxic on Saturday at Rugby Park because if, after half an hour, things aren't going well or if Dunfermline get their noses in front, it could turn quite nasty because the fans are really, as I say, they're, they're out to get Tommy right at the moment. They're, they've not been happy with the style of play all season. Kilmarnock have got the biggest budget, as I mentioned before, the biggest squad, and they should be doing a lot better than they're currently doing. But the Firmland did open up about 92. They've been trimmed in almost just smidgen above 41 now. Um, I'm not actually going to go for the Firmland because they can't be fully trusted. John Hughes has been in uh, a month or so. Um, their back catalogues, the last 12 games, is reading two wins, seven draws, three um, three losses. So they've only lost three in 12, but the draws is, is kind of keeping them back a wee bit with the seven draws. So you couldn't fully trust them, I don't think, for win purposes here. The bet I'm going to flag up, guys, is Lewis McCann has been the lone striker since John Hughes came in the door. At the start of the season, Dunfermline were a lot of pundits' picks, anti-post to possibly win this um, league at a kind of each way price 8-1 they're nowhere near that at the moment but Todorov Craig White Nikolai Todorov Craig White and Kevin O'Hara everybody thought they, the three of them would get any double figures for goals but it's significant that John Hughes has kept the three of them in the bench over the last three four weeks and he's, he's placed his trust in 20 year old young striker Lewis McCann Lewis McCann he's got three goals basically in 352 minutes so a smidgen under four games, he's actually bagged three goals, the equivalent of just under four games. Bet365, guys, are pricing him up at 92, 5.50 to score any time in this match. And I just think we Kilmarnock looking very, very vulnerable now. You know, it could be a game that turns out to each. It could be that Dunfermline go and pick the pockets of Kilmarnock because Kilmarnock are under pressure and the players might get a bit nervous with the home crowd on their back so the result anything could happen with the result but I just think that's really nice value on a young striker that's starting out he's obviously got the trustees manager and I just think the 92 is jumping off the page considering he's got three goals in just under four games guys so that's my outsider it's we bet 365 Lewis McCann Dunfermline score any time 92 Thanks, mate. Um, 
I've got a double. I've got a double as my long shot. Uh, over two and a half goals and both teams to score. Uh, one of them is is Morecambe uh, and Fleetwood, which I won't go into. It's been covered by myself and, and, and Tom already. The other game is is uh, Rochdale and Newport. Um, Newport have scored in the last ten games. They've scored one and a half goals in eleven of their last seventeen. I think uh, Flynn leaving has probably done them some good. Uh, I don't I think it certainly has. I think sometimes when a manager's out there that long, you sometimes struggle to motivate the players because it's the same training, it's the same training methods, it's the same almost team talk, and sometimes you just need a change for almost the sake of it, and actually you, you get a spark. I think it's exactly what's happened at Newport. Um, they're fifth for XG. They're averaging 1.4 goals a game. Uh, Telford uh, is the lad... Um, that's scoring all the goals for them. And both teams to score has landed in seven of their last eight. Rochdale um, struggled uh, for, for periods of the season, but the, sort of have sort of put a bit of a run together. They look a little bit better. Just two clean sheets in the last 10, scored in seven of the last 10, uh, and seven of the last eight have seen both teams to score. So lots of goals in both their games. Jointly, both teams to score has landed in almost 70% of their games this season. Um, and I think we'll see more go- more goals in this game. Um, given the fact that, you know, both the last 16 games between these two between these two sides, home and away, um, 14 have seen both teams to score. I'm happy to put my neck on the line and say over two and a half and both teams to score will land in that game as well. And if I couple that with both teams to score and over two and a half goals in the more complete with match, I get about six to one with bet three, six, five. And that's my uh, long shot of the week. Anything else, boys? Anything else you want to talk about or mention? That's uh, everything for me, anyway. Tom, anything from you? No, no, I like. I was just <laughs> going to say, I like that price about that six to one, just for just, a double. Just shy. Um, um, yeah, I, I, yeah. When I started looking at, it, I thought, yes, yeah, that's, that's that's not too bad. It, I can't see not being goals in more complete with as we mentioned. So, you know, we just rely on a little bit of, of Newport. I think there'll be goals in that match. So anyway, let's wrap it up there. Um, thanks for listening. Um, I hope your bets go well and we'll speak again next week. Thanks all. Bye.